Welcome, welcome once again. Happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners and to everyone. It is so nice to be back. It's been a while since we last spoke, unless you just listened to the recap that just released for book three, in which case, hello again and welcome back to To Have and To Roll. I am Rain Zero, joined as ever by my beautiful wife, Daft Prodigy. Today, we also have the distinct honor of being joined by our close friend and collaborator, Mike Farnach, as we venture into a previously unexplored region of Conqueror's Bay, the secret merfolk civilization that Ophelia fled at the beginning of the adventure. We had a great time crafting an entirely new location on Galarian for this little side quest, and Mike was integral in giving it its final definition. We'll be adventuring here and in the Corvosa hinterlands for a bit as we build to book four of Curse of the Crimson Throne. So I hope you enjoy some sandbox antics. As mentioned earlier, we did also just put out a recap of book three. If you're new to the show, we highly recommend checking this out. Otherwise, none of this is going to make any sense. Likewise, if you just need a refresher or if you just want to hear us talk shop about the decisions we made and what motivated them, it's a solid deep dive for those things as well. If you're just excited to see what the cover of Night will get into next, though, I won't keep you any longer. The session features music from Michael Gelfi Audio and sound effects from Sirenscape. More info at the end of the show. For now, let's delve deep into the depths of Conqueror's Bay in Curse of the Crimson Throne. Hello, beautiful husband. And hello, beautiful guest. Beautiful guest. Hello, beautiful couple. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, wasn't you, expecting that one. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, Mike. Hi, Hi. Mike. Thank hello. you for joining us, Mike, on a very special session of Curse, Curse of, of the, the Crimson, Crimson Throne. Throne. Thank you for having me. So. So. What happened last time? Last on Curse time of the Crimson Throne. on Curse of the Crimson Throne, the cover of Night ran for their lives. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, having fled the city after killing Behor, also known as Glorio Arcona, the cover of Night left with uh, Vencarlo Orosini and Neolandis Kalapopoulos in yes. tow on a boat, along with the dead body of esteemed party member Ophelia Seren. The one most familiar with being a dead body. Well, now. <laughs> <laughs> we took a boat across the Sound mm -hmm. near Corvosa, uh, going across Conqueror's Bay, uh, or sort of the little part the little of it, yeah. the little inlet of it, uh, to the other side of that little portion of Verizia to get away from the uh, immediate threat of Corvosa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, 
we talked to Vencarlo Orsini and Neil Landis Kalapopoulos, uh, Neil Landis being the Seneschal or the once Seneschal of Corvosa, who the queen attempted to poison and who Vencarlo rescued and put in the care of uh, Behor. We had a talk about what sorts of things the queen has been up to. And Neolanis confirmed for us some of the things that we were wondering <laughs> about, um, particularly with respect to some dragon relics. Yes. Uh, the queen has a crown of fangs, also known as the Midnight's, Midnight's Teeth. Midnight's Teeth. Yes. Uh, which is which was made from the body of a blue dragon who was under the employ of Zon Kuthan yes. to help Ustalov, once upon a time, take some of its land back from Belkson. Belkson. You yes, know, which so, are two nations to the north, uh, which are quite far away, honestly. So really, it's uh, like some ancient politics led to the formation of these extremely powerful relics that contain yes. a that contain bits of an extremely evil dragon's soul. Yes. Queen Iliosa found one of these relics. Yes. She likes to wear it now. And now apparently she can't die because she has it. And the dragon is now influencing her mind. Yes. Uh, so, you all are fleeing, uh, and uh, having given Ophelia a nice burial at sea, given that you don't know when you're actually going to be able to bring her back. Yes. You proceeded on land after having burned your boat, mm -hmm. uh, and were met the next day with a torrent of water cascading down upon you. And, and a very upset yes. Ophelia's dad. Yes. <laughs> and so we, we left off with him emerging from this spiral of water saying, Would one of you like to explain why my daughter is dead? And so, let us get back into it. So, should I describe my character a little bit? Yes. Okay, so, um, very tall. Uh, clearly very uh, muscular. Especially the upper body from years of swimming and fighting. He has strapped to one arm what appears to be a seashell... Uh, it, it when you first look at it, it looks like a seashell, but then you kind of look closer, it's actually a, a wooden buckler, but it's carved out like a seashell. Oh, that's nice. cool. And then in oh, the that's really cool. other hand, he's holding a trident that has uh, kind of embellishments. It points on either side, go out, and then v come very close to in, and then up uh, along the, the middle prong. Uh, and it crackles with electricity. That's very cool. So as you look at the party, it's clear they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. Neil, you do not see. Uh, so you would see right now five people: mm -hmm. um, a purple tiefling, a dark-skinned woman with uh, curly hair and rainbows sparkling around her, uh, a person with um, long hair on one side and extremely. Uh, nasty large scar on one half of their face um and um a small little goblin uh who has who's carrying a bunch of mushrooms uh now um caliban yes. uh 
I will let you know something. You know of three of these people. The one with the uh, hair uh, that's long on one side and shaved on the other is Unia. Uh, you, uh, one of the oracles would have seen Unia when they tried to find Ophelia before. Uh, Lenore uh, is, is uh, obviously the Varician woman. Uh, and you know the tiefling as Damien. Yes. Uh, you know probably about as much as you actually know about the party. Maybe a little less. Um, but you're you're familiar with how they've interacted with each other. You've probably seen a few breakfasts. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, <laughs> as you were trying to track down Ophelia. Um, yes. You don't know who the goblin is. The tiny goblin also has a large Otiug who seems to be looming over her protectively. And then there's a guy. He's dressed all in black and he has several knives and a rapier. Yes. Uh, uh, notably, Neolandis. Uh, for those who are not aware, is spending most of his time hiding out in the bag of holding. In the bag of holding. So nobody can scry on him. <laughs> um, so, question for the DM. Uh, and yes. I guess, question for the party as well. I kind of give them each a very close look. Uh, I seem yeah. to, like, stare at them for, like, a few seconds each. Do any of them register to me as evil? No. No. You're probably aware that Unia is a cleric, and so they should have an aura of some sort, mm -hmm. um, because clerics tend to exude an aura that is consistent with their alignment or the alignment of their god. Mm -hmm. Yes. Unia does not have an aura at yeah. all. Actually, um, yeah, it's probably notable when you're when you're scanning them. You know, most of them just don't detect as anything. Uh, Unia almost looks like when you when you're looking with detect evil. There's just kind of a void where Unia is. So I, I look specifically at Unia and I say, Tell me, Cleric, what do you bring? Healing or destruction? It depends on what the situation requires. I point to the piece of wood that I've thrown on the ground. That was not my doing. Who burned it? Lenore raises her hand. Uh, you know, we were doing a funeral. I set a arrow on fire. Uh, we didn't want anybody finding your body and, like, animating it. There are a lot of necromancers in Corvosa who are allied with the queen. You could have cast gentle repose. Right, that's a spell. Um, Not look. that I would expect a cleric who worships a dead god from a dead land to know that. Unia uh, fiddles with their holy symbol, uh, as you mention, uh, a cleric of a dead god. Her body was in such a state that it would be difficult to immediately resurrect. We need to find someone else with stronger magic. And at the moment carrying around a mutilated corpse would raise more questions than it answered. Forgive me. The king kind of looks down a little bit, almost as if he's kind of like ashamed for letting his emotions get the better of him. He says, I... I have trained my life 
to be a great fighter, but also a great healer. If her body was intact, I would have been able to bring her back. Unia's face softens a little bit too as they realize that you're probably that the king is probably experiencing a lot of grief, um, <clears throat> and they clear their throat a bit awkwardly. <clears throat> My apologies, sir. Her body was not intact. I. The story is long and complicated, but your daughter. Ophelia has been a great boon to Corvosa. She and the rest of us have put forth an incredible amount of effort into protecting the people of Corvosa from many various extremely dedicated forces that would see Corvosa corrupted or completely destroyed. One such force was a Rakshasa, known as Behor. Ophelia was dispatching his minions, and he <coughs> brutally murdered her in front of us. King kind of takes a deep breath and you see his whole body just kind of just sink just a little bit. Mm-hmm. My daughter she... was brave, but foolhardy. Much like her father. I do not believe she would have preferred to die any other way than protecting innocence from tyrants. That said, we are looking for clerics of sufficient power to resurrect her. We do have a vial with a lock of her hair in it somewhere. Uh, Damien, uh, the purple tiefling, starts rummaging around in his pockets, muttering to himself, Oh, um, hold on, hold on, no. I got it, I got it, it's right here. Sorry, I was keeping it safe. Uh, and he holds up, um... Uh, I should probably specify... It would, it would probably made more sense. Um, there's probably one vial for each of you that each has, like, a strand of her hair. Uh, oh, yeah. So that, you know, nobody loses the rest of like. Yeah. Um, that's that's fine. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Damien, yeah, Damien's yeah, like... Damien can be the first to find one. Yeah, Damien will uh, show his. Uh, he'll hold it up. It's uh, It looks like the vial once held a potion, uh, but is now... <laughs> uh, but was emptied. Um, it's corked. It's a corked glass vial. It has um, a curl of dark hair in it. You say she. He kind of like looks up and kind of just looks over as he looks over at the party. And as he says this, you say that she helped to defend Corvosa from tyrants and corruption. Then you will understand what I'm about to say. I do it for the same thing. I must place all of you under arrest. 
Wait, wait, hold on. Uh, Lenore sort of uh, moves to stand in front of the rest of the party. Why, why are you putting us under arrest? What did we do? Nothing. As far as I'm concerned. And you see the king's kind of uh, expression harden now. But unfortunately, I'm not the one fully in charge. Where are you taking us? To my home. Where you will stand trial for... He kind of like, he, he seems to be like wanting to bite back the words. Conspiracy. To commit treason. Kidnapping the princess. And failure to surrender her in proper condition. Look, we didn't we didn't kidnap her. I met her the first day. And, and the king just holds up a hand. I understand. But unfortunately, again, I am not the one fully in charge. And you may know that my daughter has done certain acts in order to leave. If she were still alive, it would have been as easy as bringing her back, having her stand trial, and I would commute the sentence. But unfortunately, she is not alive. And now all of you must make right what she has wronged. Damien pipes up from the back. I want a reading of my rights. I want a lawyer. And I want water breathing. <laughs> um, you all, uh, you would have the ability to give them water breathing yes. for uh, the time that they're under underwater. Um, basically, uh, you would all have, you would have potions that it would uh, function as the inverse of uh, fins to feet, so feet to fins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which would uh, give them the aquatic subtype, allow them to swim at their movement speed uh, and breathe underwater. Uh, they have no rights. Yeah. <laughs> um, They're so outlanders and have no rights. Yeah, so, in the eyes of the parliament, you have no rights as you are outlanders. But I will do my best to defend you. Gonna have a lawyer episode. Thanks. <laughs> I. I guess Damien will take the potions as you go around to the um, to the others. Uh, the little goblin will hold up her hand. I I don't need one of those. Um, and uh, Squelch will use one of her wild shapes to turn into a merfolk. Uh, a small merfolk. <laughs> Everybody else sort of. Damien stops as he's about to drink his potion. Wait. I thought you were going to turn into a dolphin or something. What is that? <laughs> I don't turn into dolphins. I turn into people. <laughs> oh. Damien is sort of still paused with the, the, um, the potion bottle like halfway to his mouth. I guess that explains why you didn't turn into any beasts in combat then. We can talk more about it later. Do we have a potion of water breathing for, um, uh, for the Otiag for Portobello? I think um, probably. You guys, you guys would have probably like a dozen. 
Okay. Of, uh, potions of like water breathing and uh, feet defense. You knew that you were coming to arrest uh, surface dwellers, and you didn't know how many there were. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Damien is still reaching up, about to put the potion into his mouth, and Lenore kind of grabs his arm and like drags him over to the water. You don't want to flop around on land. You're gonna look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I um, so turn to the closest party member and uh, I point to Lenore and I say she's the wisest one of your group isn't she? Unia sort of puts their fingers together went out of combat yes <laughs> amazing <laughs> now are all of you going or uh, yeah I mean um I don't feel like getting into a fight with a grieving father. Uh. <laughs> okay, so um, so you uh, go along. Uh, the the guards at the sides still have their javelins at the ready, still crackling with electricity. I'm going to come back to the humanitarian council about this. <laughs> Again, I probably look over at Unia and I say, "Does he? Does he? Is he always like this? <laughs> Usually, he's worse." Oh no. <sighs> he kind of pinches the bridge of his nose. Please, anything you can do to keep him from talking during the trial. A silence spell, something. Amazing. Perhaps a gag would be sufficient. So you all descend into the water. You grow tails. Yeah. Oh, um, I suppose we would stick our head into the bag of holding and be like, so, um, while everybody is doing this, um, Lenore, who is holding the bag of holding, you'll notice she takes it off of her back and sticks her head in, just briefly. Um, and, uh, you might, if your perception is high enough, uh, it probably is, she's not speaking too quietly, uh, you'd hear her say, um, Neolandis, we're going underwater, it's complicated. Actually, um... Sorry, do you have another one of those potions of water breathing? I just realized... Don't stick your head out to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, I think you could just leave the bag drawing? of holding. You people have such strange customs. Like The king is like scratching his head, just kind of like staring at... Like, I, I fail to understand these traditions. Is this something that you do before you go on a... He like takes the like a backpack off of one of the guards and like sticks his head in. Are, are we going on a journey? Is this what we do when we go on a journey? Am I doing this right? I'm sorry, I'm trying to understand the... Yeah, um, could... I'm gonna have Lenore roll a deception check. Uh, uh, bluff. Oh, no. 14. Oh, yeah, uh, roll, uh, roll sense motive. Lenore's Uh, like, you're doing great. (laughs) Oh. Oops. He seems legit. Yeah, yeah. Can I can I have like uh, another potion of water One breathing just in case I get thirsty? Sure. He <laughs> takes it from one of the guards and hands it to uh, Lenore. Lenore will stick the potion in the bag and say, "Drink this." <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, he just sort you see like the head like looking up at you from the bag. Uh, He's, he's sort of like leaned back like he's been in an easy chair like huh what what oh sorry uh I was uh wait you have life bubble up why am I doing this 
I'll, I'll hold on to it for yeah, later in case yeah. I need it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on. Wait, when you close the bag, does it go to another part of the bag of holding, or does it stay with me? I'm gonna put it in my pocket. <laughs> that should be good. Who are you talking to out there? We've, we're being arrested. Oh, no, talking no, back talk to the bag. We're going on an adventure. <laughs> Head pops up out of the bag. This is what surface dwellers do when they go on adventures. They talk to uh, their uh, backpacks. Head pops up out of the bag. Oh, uh, sir, Mr. King, sir, I just realized I never asked you. This is Seneschal Neolandis Calipopolis. Oh, Caliban! Oh, Seneschal, good to see you. Hey, what? how you doing, man? I'm doing quite well. well given the circumstances. What the fuck? Hold on, am I under arrest? No, I don't believe so, unless you associate freely with these people. Um... He's, uh... No, I don't. I don't. Not, not freely. Nope. Um, so, how about, um... Look, these guys have done some great stuff for my city. Uh, is there anything that I can do for you? Unfortunately, no. To make all this go away. Ah, Parliament on your ass again. If it were up to me, it would not be a much of an issue, but they have to stand trial before the Parliament. You know how they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a bunch of what a bunch of manatees. <laughs> a bunch of pieces of coral in the sand, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, gosh, it's been so long. You look great. Thank you. You look looking out. interesting. Your body is missing. Uh, he he looks. <laughs> he so looks like he shit. Looks, he looks like shit. His like <laughs> he's like got like, like a black eye. He's got like a scar across his face. Do you need some? Uh, well. How about this? I can be a... Well, I don't... I, I know, obviously, I can't act as a legal counsel for them. But, you know me. You know me. I'll, I'll just... Uh, while they're while they're doing their thing, why don't you just put me up in one of the staterooms? I... Be like old times. Oh, yes. Oh, remember that time that we freed all the hippocampi from the stables? <laughs> I can't possibly comment on any involvement that Corvosa or its Seneschal might have had in said events. <laughs> he winks at him. Wait. I get what you guys, of course. Of course you can't. <laughs> you two are friends, then. Oh, yeah, I was Seneschal of Corvosa. It was my duty to be aware of all the hidden secrets and the holdings of Corvosa and the surrounding area. And you didn't see fit to... Tell us... Uh, tell you about the merfolk civilization that's been hidden for 10,000 years? Point taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and would have continued to stay hidden had my daughter not. We'll talk more about it at the trial, of course. There were extenuating circumstances! I'm going back in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, tail colors. Tail colors. Oh, yes. Tail colors. Merfolk party. Merfolk party. <laughs> okay. Um, so Squelch's tail is a hagfish tail. It is exuding uh, nasty uh, mucus as oh, we yeah. speak. Very unfitting with her goblin-y nature. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> uh, sorry, I wasn't really familiar with what a hagfish was. Uh, it was like like they're, big old. They're kind of they're kind of like eels, uh, and they they're like wormy. They're like wormy. It's like a giant worm. Yeah, they're 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 wormy eely fish, uh, and they've got uh, when you pick Little them up or tails. when they are or when they are uh, threatened, they exude very very slippery mucus and oh a lot of it. Amazing. <laughs> uh. Uh, it, they're very, they're very gross, and I love them. Lenore, 
uh, Lenore has um, beautiful iridescent scales that change colors in the light. Yes. Um, Damien has... Uh, it's like the rainbow fish. Yeah, like the rainbow <laughs> fish! Except she doesn't have to give away her her beautiful scales because the other people are jealous of her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Damien's tail is green, much to his chagrin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, no, only I get to choose when I contrast with green. This is too much green! Amazing. Um, And Unia's tail is black. Like a shark tail. Like a shark tail. Yes. Nice. nice. Completely smooth, regardless of what um, people on the internet will tell you. <laughs> Blackjack will uh, have a black tail. Uh, uh, but it's like a dolphin tail. <laughs> yeah. Like an orchid tail? King Caliban has a uh, very, very simple uh, blue tail. An interesting contrast with his very dark skin and very dark hair. Ophelia's tail was green and gold, but oh. you won't get to see it now oh, because she's dead. she's dead. <laughs> and so you all descend beneath the waves, escorted by these guards, uh, and you travel for quite a while, actually, a couple hours. Uh, actually, would you guys have like a like a paddy wagon or anything, like <laughs> <laughs> pulled by hippocampi? <laughs> yes, put us in irons I, and. Um, yeah, we would probably have just like a group of of hippocampi uh, waiting for holding for like a everyone like a like a a uh, a cage made of looks like whalebone uh, that has been sort of like uh, inter interlocked and and uh, basically you see you see th there's bars made of whalebone and and like fasteners uh, made of carved bone that sort of hold it all together. Uh, they open the door. Shove y'all in the cage. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then urge on these hippocampi, these uh, large uh, these large creatures with sort of the head and front end uh, that looks kind of like a horse and then the big uh, fish tail at the back. That's so they cool. Have, they have manes that seem to be like seaweed drifting in the water. They give like a little as as a Who's a good horsey? Laura's like holding out uh, a piece of fruit. Who's a good horsey? Ah, uh, yes. They were raised by hand by Ophelia's mother. Although she oh. more specialized in, um, what do you surface rollers call them? I believe they call them seals. Seals? Yes. She was a very accomplished druid, actually. Wow. She specialized in summoning seals. Uh... She would I... maximize the number of seals, and she would uh, create six seals, and they were known as uh, what? What did they? What did they were highly trained. Oh no! Highly trained for oh, war no. seals called Seal Team Six. Yes, that's what. Ah. <laughs> so you cast maximized summon nature's ally. I think two. The entire party takes forty-six psychic damage. <laughs> <laughs> Seal Team Six. Jesus Christ! Oh um, Squelch speaks up. Um, she's sort of been chilling in the back. She doesn't seem as like outwardly bothered as everyone else. Um, she swims up to the edge of the the bars. <clears throat> Couldn't help but notice. Um, all past tense. What happened? Ophelia's mother. Mm-hmm. 
it's um not something I like to discuss. Perhaps another okay. time. That's okay. Um <clears throat> lost a lot of friends too. It's okay. As the as the uh this whalebone carriage uh pulls you along, um you will see uh as you dive deep into the dark depths of the water. Eventually, uh, lights seem to be shimmering out from the distance. And at first it's murky, you know, you're looking at something through a lot of water um, quite distance. But as you're going along the, the base, you see small tents dotting the sand. Uh, Upon further inspection, you can see that they're pieces of cloth that have been anchored to the ground to serve as houses. Uh, You feel eyes watching you as you swim past. Some seem to be curious, but most seem apprehensive, afraid of what this omen means. Large structures of various kinds of stone and coral rise out of the soft sand as your eyes fall upon the city. There are great spires made of coral and massive stone slabs seemingly cleaved from the sea floor. All of these structures are peppered with holes of various shapes and sizes from which you can see a steady stream of merfolk going in and out. Uh, As you get closer to the building, you can see that the edges have been smoothed, uh, likely from years of shifting ocean currents. And all around it, there are little orbs of bioluminescent gel that sort of just float uh, like street lamps almost mm. uh, along every building, along every surface. And there's a very, there's a, there's a great sense of verticality with the place. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's not like a street layout. It's more towering structures that kind of like, you can enter at any level. Kind of like a, one of those futuristic cities with like the flying cars and stuff. Yeah, kind of. Precisely. It's be- we all float here. Now, where you would be taking them to palace or parliament? Knowing the parliament, as soon as they are in the city, there's probably going to be like a, hey, where are these, uh, where are these outsiders? Why are they, uh, why aren't they in the parliament standing trial? Yeah, yeah. Carriage, uh, weaves through a number of, uh, towering nautilus shell-like buildings, mm. and, uh, you become aware of a very large think on the scale of like the Sydney Opera House uh, structure which seems to be made of rib bones that protrude forth from the ground and a massive skull that's laying upside down uh, with an entrance going in through the opening at the bottom of the jawbone there is there is like um there is a massive canopy draped across the top, oh tied God. at the points of the ribs. Whale fall. And enormous. Like uh, like bigger than any whale I was aware of ever existing. Yeah. Uh, the carriage will take you in through the jawbone. And you can see basically an illuminated path that follows the spine of this creature fabric that divides it off into different rooms and as they as you enter into basically it has a long neck 
uh, with like uh, many rib bones forming this like long hallway. And as it opens up into the chest cavity, there there are rows of semicircular seating with their backs to you and a high bench. Uh, and there is like a channel down the center that sort of leads to this bench. Wow. And at it, there is a very old looking merfolk sitting at the head with two other very old merfolk uh, at the sides. And so the king decides to grace us with his presence. Have you brought the traitor us? I have brought the surface dwellers. Yes. Excellent. Thank you, your majesty. I, I have a question. You will speak when spoken to. <laughs> well, you spoke to me now. Can I ask my question I now? I look, look at Damien. I was just glaring. Just <laughs> People take the cage that you're in and sort of anchor it to, um, to these vertebrae that are sticking out of the bottom. Uh, and you're surround. You, you can see now that you guys are surrounded by merfolk on every side, uh, and all of them are like glaring at you. Lenore looks uh, looks at the king, sort of apologetically, and goes, "Look, Ophelia was the one who shut him up. I'm sorry." I look at Unia, just like anything. Just kind of like silently, the mouth like anything. I couldn't prepare any extra spells today. Ah. Fairly rested. <laughs> You stand before this council accused of the following crimes. <laughs> Unfurls this enormous scroll. <laughs> Conspiracy to commit treason. Abduction of the crown princess. Seduction of her high moral standing. The king rolls his eyes. If we may dispense with the formalities... Otherwise, we will be here so long that the surface dwellers will have died from old age before they have stood proper trial. I see that the traitor herself is not among your number. My daughter is dead. Rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. There is a look of shock across the gathered council and uh, the the, uh, old merfolk at the top with silvery uh, a silvery beard that sort of drifts off into uh, into the water around him, raises a hand, and everybody goes quiet. As speaker, I must still pass judgment. As the crown princess has nothing to say in her defense, I will speak on behalf of the surface dwellers. Very well. The council recognizes King Caliban as the defense. Esteemed members of the council, understand, on this day, I have learned that my daughter has passed. As devastating as that is, I fear that I am not the only one grieving. You see, there's a murmur of some of the people in the uh, council goes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. the surface dwellers 
shared their food, their very lives, with my daughter. I would argue that in her last days, they were more family to her than I had ever been. My daughter has made great mistakes, and that someone must be held accountable. With that, I do not disagree. I would ask that the council consider this. I, King Caliban, along with these surface dwellers, shall right the injustices that have been wrought by my own family. And when that is done, they will return to the surface and never come here again. Mm. The, 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 the damage that your daughter has done to this civilization is remarkable. The villagers to the north have not been heard from in days. Wait, wait. Damien, uh, a lot of Damien's bluster is gone. He looks genuinely concerned and a bit disturbed. What, she she told us that she just had to, that, 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 that the people, the, there were people who captured her on the surface and she just said that she took some royal jewels and things for them? She didn't do any of this, like- Royal jewels that you claim are not mere bubbles. Treasures that you would hold in a chest. They were the very protective stones that warded our city from detection. They are the ones that stopped prying eyes from finding us for 10,000 years since the age of the Aboleth. And you see, you see like this, this, uh, this chill and like a murmur of assent. We survived when your people were wiped from the face of the earth because we were warded. And she broke that ward. And now our people are falling left and right to creatures of the deep that have long sought to prey upon us. And as the king, he kind of pulls himself to his full height here, I will see that remedied. But I cannot do it alone. Now, seeing as the council has sought fit to only spare me a few troops, I see it fit that these people who associated with my daughter be the ones who undo the damage that my daughter has done in her stead. So you would have them sentenced to royal service? Yes. understand that the sentencing of royal service is an ancient and well-respected right in this council and you see there's there is a look among a few of the counselors that are like oh, fucking royal service <laughs> like, it can be it can be done if the king sees fit for criminals otherwise convicted and sentenced to death to carry out services in the name of the kingdom. 
Wait, wait. You were bringing us down here to have them kill us? You conspired to ruin our civilization. You didn't even know your civilization Again. existed. Again, the king rolls his eyes. Lenore is not having a good time right now. <laughs> um. Yes. I would have them as my servants. Really buried the lead here, dude. We'll talk to you about it later. He kind of looks back. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you'll let me speak, this is going much better than I expected. They actually might let you live. Now, you understand, King Caliban, that by taking them as your slaves... What? You accept the responsibility of all their actions. And if their actions in your care do not correct their past crimes, the very nobility of your line may fall into question. You see, actually, as the speaker says that, he kind of leans forward, almost hungrily. <laughs> the king just kind of leers back at him. I understand full well, but I've looked deep into these people's souls and understand that they bear no ill will towards others. You have seen the scryings. You have seen how fervently they defend their city. Huh. I imagine they would bring that same fervor to defending what was once my daughter's homeland. If you still doubt them, then you have a choice. A clear choice. Let them do what needs to be done. If they fail, then as you said, my royal lineage falls into question. And if they succeed, then are we not better off? And there's uh, there's a murmur that goes up through the crowd. Uh, you see the you see the speaker uh, look to the two uh, the two merfolk at his sides, and he just sort of leans and whispers something. Very well, we release. We will release three of them into your custody to take care of whatever business is required. The rest will be held in my palace. As is your right under the right of royal service. <laughs> As is my right. Under God that they do not disrupt any further activities. And if the ones in your care are successful and they manage to restore some level of protection to our civilization, their crimes shall be neutralized. But of course, if you fail, sentences carried out all the same. Very well, then. The most horrible damage as you are aware my king has been in the villages to the north 
trade with these villages has stopped. Their farms no longer produce the fish that they were once meant to do, or the crops that are due from Texas. As we know, paying your tax, not paying your taxes, is the worst crime in the entire sea. Uh, God, I hate this place. And the king just. Uh, I feel there are far more important things to be addressed at this time. More than this, the people there, they act as if nothing is wrong. When the guards patrolled, first they reported that the people seemed happy. Blissful, even. And then, when they were sent a second time to enforce the tax collection, they were lost. Something is afoot. Something is a fin. Something is a fin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a surface dweller expression. <laughs> we're translating so the surface dwellers understand our common vernacular. <laughs> Take them. Find the source of this. Resistance. Crush it. Bring your subjects back under our rule. It will be done. Choose your three. I uh, look back. And I kind of go over to the cage. And I, I, I look them over and I say, You three. You four. Five. <laughs> you five. Port- Portobello waves his little his little tentacles. Six. <laughs> you all know each other. Who do you feel would be most suited for this? Damien looks around at everyone. So how do we all feel about underwater combat? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think Damien, the most useless of the underwater combat people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not feeling great about underwater combat. But we also, uh, Lenore, uh, uh, speaks up. But we also might need you if we need to figure out what's happening to people. You know, lots of things. <laughs> Damien, the boy who knows ten thousand things. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, who has approximate knowledge of many things. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've got this. I've got the underwater crossbow. Um, Unia, you've got your spells. And if anybody needs healing, we're going to need you. Squelch, you probably can't take Portobello along, but how are you feeling with uh, respect to uh, fighting underwater? Squelch, uh,. I, I can make bigger muscles if I need to. Then Carlo? I am exhausted. I I would not be of great service to you here. I am sorry. It's okay. You can take care of Portobello. He can't fight underwater. Rungongo. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, very good. Very good. You you need to provide him with lots of um, hard-boiled eggs. Mm. He likes them. His favorite. 
How does one hard boil an egg? Hot water. <laughs> but there's nothing to... They're so small. Eggs, eggs with shells? Big, big eggs. From birds. Oh. A delicacy. Fascinating. Very tasty. Birds. They eggs with shells. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. On, on the surface. On the surface. Are they, are they similar to oyster shells or clam shells? Mm, very thin. thin, thin and shells. in the midst of this, the, uh, the <laughs> carriage will take you out. Um, um, you, would you like to describe the palace as uh, as the prisoners are taken there to yes. so separate the, out who is going with you and not? So uh, the palace is carved from marble. It is a huge dome, and it's decorated with large seashells. There are four spires of massive coral that rise from the sand in all four cardinal directions. You can see merfolk uh, with various weapons at the tops of them, kind of looking around. There's no ceilings on the the spires. They can look up and down all around. Um, the surface of the dome, at first glance, seems to be without an opening. It seems to be very smooth. But as you approach a kind of a hole appears and a couple of uh, merfolk swim out. These are my servants. They will... He turns to uh, his servants. These are the people that will be staying with us for the next few days. Please see to them that they are kept in high spirits and fed. Now, you guys can rest here before you go on your mission. Um, like, you don't have to go with your exhaustion. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, God. Um, so, um, so uh, I, I will say the, the guards will lead you uh, down into hallways beneath, uh, to which they will actually lead you through something of a U-bend. That leads up into an open air space that has like actual like marble floors, uh, gilded columns, and like rooms that you would be used to uh, as surface dwellers mm-hmm. with doors and all that stuff. Oh my god! And it's basically basically you go down like a U bend, and then there's like there's like basically you're in a pool there that opens onto like like there's a staircase going up out of the water. Uh, and into this uh, area, and we gather this seems to be a state state rooms for visiting surface dwellers. The carriage driver is like sitting in the pool. I will take you this far and no further. And no further. <laughs> no further. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, now does does fins to feet slash feet to fins? Does that let you like change back? Um, if you're immersed in water, your legs transform into fins, and if you rem- and if you leave water, they change into legs. Oh, okay. So okay. you're able to move. Okay. So we climb up out of the water. Um, Lenore's like, oh, there's my boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Neil Landis will open the flap of the bag and be like, uh, so I'm going to be in, um, going to be in the Corvosan stateroom. Yeah. Bye. Bye. And, uh, be and careful goes, in hey, there. Uh, he goes up. Can I get like some apples or something? Uh, and there would be like <laughs> there would be like a Triton servant who would who would like come along. 
Yes, sir. Of course, man. Of course, Mister uh, Seneschal. I'm. Hey, 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 hey! Be Try careful it. in there. It took us ages to get all the stains out from the last time you stayed. <laughs> You're supposed to use cold water. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hard to come by sometimes. Uh, so, um, yeah, like a couple tritons come by. Uh, He's not the seneschal anymore. And um and they they put they put like a they put this nice velvet robe on him. They give him some slippers, uh, <laughs> and and they put an apple in his hand. He's be like, "I'll be in my room." Bye. <laughs> Lenore sticks up her middle finger at him as she says goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the king just kind of shrugs. He's stayed here before. What do you want? Oh no, it's fine. I'm just sour grapes. Bits sea salty. Oh Does God, the I'm too guns. tired for this shit. <laughs> Sour grapes. What is I, a grape? I see now. Is it anything like a cranberry? Now I see where Ophelia got it from. Uh, <laughs> cranberries, one of the greatest berries. One of the greatest delicacies. We go to the surface and we raid the cranberry box. We kill the farmers, <laughs> <laughs> and we and then we take over the cranberry box. And the next year, we send a new raiding party, and they go and they kill the farmers. <sighs> wait, 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 wait! Aren't the farmers also? Uh, they're the merfolk that you sent last year. No, they're service dwellers. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain so, why all the cranberry farms around Carvosa have been disappearing. <laughs> that's what happened. Do you know how long it's been since I've been able to get a good? Jar of cranberry jam. It's been like 40 years. Caliban is like <laughs> kind of absentmindedly munching on a cranberry. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damien is uh, um, turning a brighter purple. Uh, he's going to sort of uh, huff and stomp away on his little huffy feet. Um, kind of uh, clicks against the marble like. Click, 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 click. His tail's thrashing. Right. Uh, and so you will all be able to rest here. Yeah. You you will all be escorted to what is basically bunk rooms. Yeah. You see this nice lavish, lavish place has state rooms for everybody. And then they kind of open a door off to the side and there's like bunks. They go, this is where the servants sleep. Cool. Scotch goes, dips on top bunk. <laughs> and climbs up. <laughs> and there's And I, I will say there is a. There is a level of, in most of these things, a lack of structural integrity <laughs> that you might expect. As you're climbing on the bunks, you realize it just kind of sways at the sides. Might be good uh, for lighter people on top. As, as, um, as like, it, and you kind of get this feeling of like, okay, there's a nightstand here, right? And there's drawers on the nightstand. Uh -huh. The drawers don't move, right? <laughs> there's, and, and then there's like, there's kind of a sense of we've made things that look like surface dweller things, but we don't actually use them in the way that surface dwellers do. What's so we're a kind fire? Of like, and why does it? What's the word? What's the word? Burn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there is. Somebody's a, got a fork and they're using it as a comb. <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's a, there's a fireplace in the corner. Um, however, the chimney is just bricked over <laughs> um the uh there's there's uh 
what looks there's basically driftwood sitting in it. (laughs) (laughs) There's um, uh, next to the fire. There's uh, there's like where you would have the tools to poke at it. There's uh, a tuning fork. Uh, and a um a harpoon and a harpoon yes <laughs> but they're put in this nice little basket to make it look like they're supposed to be there <laughs> there's no bathroom <laughs> Damien's like good thing I prepped prestidigitation today oh God. let's get a bucket <laughs> oh God. Brother, there, there is a room there is a room attached that that like has like a mirror in it, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and then and then sitting along the edge, there's there's basically like an urchin shell there. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, here we use the one shell method. You've heard of the three shell method. This is much more efficient. Uh, and uh, put there as if it's supposed to be like a comb, but obviously <laughs> wouldn't work as a comb. <laughs> so. As as we're resting, uh, Damien is going to be uh, looking through his notebook. Um, Squelch is going to come uh, sit down uh, on the lower bunk um, while Damien is working. Oh, good. You're here. Um, I wanted to talk to you, actually. Oh, oh, what what about? Uh. Squelch looks over to Portobello, who is snoozing in the corner, uh, making all sorts of uh, squelchy, or making all sorts of squishy noises and uh, being generally smelly uh, <laughs> in the way that we love Portobello. Um, <laughs> excellent. Thank you, Mike. Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not about Portobello. He's fine. Um, but, you know, we were sort of talking about who might be going on the expedition and it kind of seemed like it was going to be you and uh, you and Unia and Lenore. Um, and I know that I'm not the most useful underwater, but he looks at some of his notes again. Ophelia trusted me to keep her secret safe. She was, I, she told me that I was one of the first people she ever made friends with on the surface. And she told me how important it was that she stayed hidden. I'm guessing probably because of this. But I don't think that she knew the damage that had been caused by her trying to stay alive. I don't think that she knew. How important whatever she took was. So I was wondering if it's okay if I went instead of maybe you. You could stay here and take care of Portobello. And I feel like this is something I need to take responsibility for. Squelch gives Damien a long look. And then nods. Okay. I will take care of the Otiug baby. Will you be okay in the water? It. I mean, you can go if you want, I guess. It's hard when we have to only pick three of us. Looks at the DM. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I owe it to Ophelia 
for the friendship that we had. I think you're probably better at making sure Vincarlo stays out of trouble anyway. You and he have, you know, interacted with each other more than he and I have. Uh, Squelch looks at, where's, where's Vincarlo sleeping right now, Ryan? Uh, you know, now that you think about it, he's not here. Where is Vincarlo? Squelch is sniffing. Do you have scent? Uh, so when Squelch starts sniffing, um, uh, Portobello wakes up. <laughs> Portobello will, would like to sniff for Vincarlo. Blackjack. <laughs> Sort of, sort of see the uh, tentacles sniffing along the surfaces. They go toward the door. Uh, do- opens the door. There are guards standing at the door. Squelch will stick her little head out. Hello. Hello. Looking for Blackjack. Blackjack. Mm, guy all in black. The man in the mask. Yeah. They look in the room. Thought he was with you. Must be with us, then. <laughs> Squash closes the door. Hmm. <laughs> sneaky. Sneaky man. Sneaky man does sneaky <laughs> man things. Meanwhile, meanwhile, cut to Vencarlo, Neolandis, sitting, sitting by a fire. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get out of, how did you get out of the room? It's like, well, I just made myself look like an, an indistinct... Uh, Merfolk and said that I had wine for you. <laughs> Smash cut back. <laughs> sneaky man does sneaky man things. King sitting over in the corner just, how do you play Wait, this I'm game? Sa- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why is this called a knight and not a hippocampi? Clearly it's a hippocampi. Well, okay, well, first you have your pawns. <laughs> <laughs> cut back to Lenore. I feel like we're just pawns. <laughs> so, y'all rest for the night. Yeah. You are awoken brusquely. And, I mean, you probably guess it's probably the next day. <laughs> uh, by guards going, All right. Ah! Condemned out of bed. Con- condemned. You are being summoned. For your mission on behalf of the council. Oh, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> and they, they basically uh, uh, have you almost at spear tip. Just going like, dress yourselves, do whatever preparations you need for the day. All right. Um, they give you, uh, they give you uh, a dried bag of oyster crackers. <laughs> um, There's your breakfast. Thanks. Um, so oh, I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> the royal carriage will be prepared. This is a much nicer carriage than the paddy wagon you were in before. Uh, it it kind of has the look of uh, what a what a noble would get into when they're going on a nice pleasure hunt. You have finely armored hippocampi uh, pulling a. Uh, uh, well, honestly, a giant clamshell uh, <laughs> that has fleshy seats in it to like uh, cushion as you're accelerated by the hippocampi. Nice. Um. So, sorry. Um. Do I need? Should I be prepping freedom of movement today, or uh, how? Uh, how I do does... believe. I mean, I believe freedom of movement is 
better for you just in general. Okay. Yeah. Freedom of movement will make your slashing and bludgeoning damage normal. Okay. Uh, so, so, so like usually uh, slashing and bludgeoning damage will be uh, you take, let's see, I think it's a minus two on the attack rolls. Yeah. And then they deal half damage. Yeah. Uh, but if you have freedom of movement up, it, it's normal. There's no penalty and there's no uh, Excellent. Da- penalty. Unia can, Unia is prepping two freedom of movements today, okay. uh, probably for Lenore and for them. Okay. I think I'm going to switch out one of my second level spells. Cause I had aquatic cavalry, but I think I'm going to go with bestow grace. All right. mm. While you guys are doing that, I'm just going to describe uh, the surrounding country uh, as basically uh, the this carriage takes you out through the varied buildings of the city and north across the sea floor uh, where you see there's some big fissures that open up into uh, undersea trenches uh, there every now and then dotting the landscape you will see. Uh, what basically look like uh, farms for various plant life that grows underwater. Uh, and as you're getting up into the shallows, you know you can start to see more sunlight filtering in. It's a little bit brighter. Uh, you have these uh, huts, again, made of uh, made of these cloth materials that are anchored down to form shelters. And you see people, who are going about their days as if nothing is wrong, but they also don't seem to be acknowledging that you are coming close to them. Mm. Uh, you will come to uh, what is basically uh, there is a there is a large area that has a net that is containing basically a corral of manatees <laughs> uh, with like this big net around it uh, sort of keeping them all in, in this base mm-hmm. uh, and then there's somebody who is coming out and uh, bringing them food. Uh, the net extends up to the surface so that the manatees can like push up against the top and breathe. Um, but um, somebody is feeding them uh, and they're grazing like the sea cows they are. Aww. It comes out to milk the manatees. <laughs> uh, yes, the uh, manatees another specialty of my wife. She absolutely loved the those sea cows. They even have a statue dedicated to her. Sometimes they would call her jokingly the Dairy Queen. Bring him here. I don't fucking know. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. You wound me. Um, <laughs> incredible. Uh, incredible. Somebody's out there milking the manatees. And he goes. He's got. He's got his little. Uh, he's got his little uh, kelp hat on. <laughs> Why, well, howdy there. Hello. <laughs> he's got Warp. these. He's got these. Like he's got these. Like um, what you what are probably like um, stomachs that he's basically putting up to the manatee and then pulling to fill it. Draw suction and then yeah. and then tie it off. Like, well, how did that? Well, it ain't it ain't King Caliban himself. What you doing in our neck of the woods, Mister King? Oh well, 
I've come to investigate. There have been some issues with, among other things, tax collection and trade. There's been oh, no problems here, sir. No problems here. <laughs> Ties off another uh, <laughs> another stomach full of uh, milk. The king's Yuni just, is like, just gonna. Oh god. Uni is just gonna cast freedom of movement on Lenore as we approach. Manatee just goes. <laughs> Lenore is gonna make sure that she has her uh, um, faux shard, not not out, but you know, ready to grab it. <laughs> Takes his net. And he- he wraps a net around all these bladders full of milk and just <laughs> slings it over his shoulder. Nope, no problems here. Uh, but, uh, sir. What? Uh, hi. Um, you haven't been, uh, what, so what happened to the people who came here to check on you last time? Oh, you know, they, they came and they went. We got reports that they never got back. Oh, well, they came and they went. And he just sort of smiles and starts starts carrying his his uh um, his net full of milk bladders uh, into a, <laughs> into a barn. Unia uh, would like to approach, uh, if I may, sir. May I examine your health? I feel fit as a fiddle. Allow me to make sure, please. Uh, and Yunia is gonna do a heal check. On d twenty plus eighteen. Um, this, yeah, go ahead. Oh, twenty two. All right, so you gather that he does appear to be perfectly healthy. Everything's fine. Everything good, right? Mm-hmm. However, uh, because this is a wisdom based check, and you rolled quite well, uh, you do get. He's not showing, like, any concern for what you guys are talking about. Like, as if it couldn't possibly enter into his mind that there's anything to be concerned about. Uh, Damien's gonna... Um, uh, one, one moment, please, uh, Damien. Uh, Damien's gonna put up Detect Magic and come over and look at the guy. See if he's under any sort of magic effects. Yes, you detect magic. Ow. You detect... Strong magic. Uh-oh. Enchantment magic. Uh-oh. Is it time to make a spellcraft check? Uh, now you may make a spellcraft check. All right. Spellcraft plus 20. I was going to ask if I can Oh, boy. It. 39. Hey, Ken, if uh, you are... Uh, yeah, if you want to help, you go trained ahead. in spellcraft, yeah? Yeah. Damien's I like, it's sort of sparkling right here. Ah, okay. Never mind. Uh, Caliban's like, mm, mm. country folk. Mm-hmm. 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 I have no clue what's going on. <laughs> Just a minute, sir. Uh, Damien, you will get that this person is under the effects of dominate person. Oh. Um. <clears throat> King Caliban, sir. Nothing wrong here. Puts his puts his milk bladders yep. in the bo- have, have bar. Have fun. Bye. Come, comes back out with a... With a a strange tool that he's using to harvest kelp and wrap it up into little little spools. Come into my office, please. Damien swims over uh, about thirty feet away from the guy. <laughs> yes. Um, this guy is totally being dominated by somebody. I mean, what he chooses to do in the bedroom is entirely up to him. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. No, somebody cast Dominate Person on him. He's being mentally controlled. Oh, dear. Oh, that's not good at all. No. No, it's not good at all. Do you know... um, As you guys are talking, uh, you see a few people come to their windows and they're, like, looking out at you. And suddenly, as you're talking, you get the sense that there are dozens of merfolk watching you. Do you know of anything that could potentially dominate an entire town? Sir. As a player, all... probably. As a character, DM. <laughs> yeah. and, and then suddenly, you like suddenly you become aware everyone has stopped what they're doing and they're looking at you. Morning. Morning. And then they all kind of go back to whatever they were doing. Uh, you see a few people standing there, like, making gestures as if they're talking to each other, but they're just saying nonsense. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> As the, as the high violins rise. Unia uh, crosses their arms. This is extremely disturbing. Can we make some sort of knowledge check to figure out uh, what... what? Yeah, you if, can make if, a knowledge arc... Make a knowledge arcana if you want to figure out what would be able to... Like, what you're gathering is that... Uh, when you see when you see everybody stop when you stop when you start talking about dominate person... Mm-hmm. Uh, you see suddenly everybody stops and they just watch what you're doing. Until you start acting as if things are fine, and then they go back to whatever they're doing. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll have Damien make a knowledge arcana check, and then I think um, I might have. Oh, oh my God, thirty-seven. Okay. Uh, so. Oh, Lenore can help. I'll two have, things. I'll have Lenore help. Few things that you know. Uh, one, let me give you a little bit of information about Dominate Person. Uh, I, obviously, I expect that you know what Dominate Person does, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll just get into it. Dominate Person uh, is a 4th level Bard spell, 4th level Mesmerist spell, 5th level Shaman spell, 5th level Wizard or Sorcerer spell, and a 5th level Witch spell. Mm-hmm. Also available through the Slavery subdomain. Oh, uh, which is a subdomain why. of the Law domain. It's very evil. Uh, it has a casting time of one round, verbal and somatic components. It has a range of close. It targets one humanoid and lasts for a day per level. Good lord. Uh, a will save will negate it. Spell resistance applies. Uh, you can control the actions of any humanoid through a telepathic link that you establish with the subject's mind. If you and the subject have a common language, you can generally force the subject to perform as you desire within the limits of its abilities. If no common language exists, you communicate only basic commands such as come here, go there, fight, and stand still. You know what the subject is experiencing, but you do not receive direct sensory input from it, nor can it communicate with you telepathically. Once you have given a dominated creature a command, it continues to attempt to carry out the command to the exclusion of all other activities except those necessary for day-to-day survival, such as sleeping, eating, and so forth. Because of this limited range of activity, a sense motive check against a DC 15 rather than 25 can determine the subject's behavior is being influenced by an enchantment effect. See, sense motive, skill description. Uh, You can change your orders or give a dominated creature a new command as a move action. By concentrating fully on the spell as a standard action, you can receive full sensory input as interpreted by the mind of the subject, though it still can't communicate with you. Wow. You can't actually see through the subject's eyes, so it's not as good as being there yourself, but you still get a good idea of what's going on. This is very weird for rules text, I'll be honest. (laughs) Uh, Subjects resist this control, uh, and any subject forced to take actions against its nature receives a new saving throw with a plus two bonus. Obviously, self-destructive orders are not carried out, 
Once control is established, the range at which it can be uh, exercised is unlimited, as long as you and the subject are on the same plane. You, wow. need, you need not see the subject to control it. Um, if you don't spend at least one round concentrating on the spell each day, the subject receives a new saving throw to throw off the domination. Protection from evil or a similar spell can prevent you from exercising control or using the telepathic link while the subject is so worded, but such an effect does not automatically dispel it. Huh. Okay, well... Is there a mass version of that as well? You are not aware of a mass version of Dominate Person. But they do all appear to be dominated, and their reaction time suggests there may be some sort of telepathic link going on, too. Because I was totally just going to grab one of these people, cast protection from evil on them, and see if we could get some information from them. But mm -mm, mm -mm, I don't think that'll work. (laughs) Is there a way to kind of figure out who is dominating these people? Oh, Lenore was able to help on the Knowledge Arcana checks. That's a total of 39. Yeah. Uh, so so what I will give you from your Knowledge Arcana, so the spell text you really just get from the Spellcraft check. Yeah. Um, what was your total on the Knowledge Arcana? 39. Okay. You would know that... Um, now, I'll tell you, you don't know what could cause this, but I'll tell you what you do now. You do know there are several dozen people here. Dominate person is a is again a fourth or fifth level spell, uh, and so in order to cast that that many times, you would de- need to be dealing with a powerful uh, magic user, uh, and to have continuous control over those people, they'd have to have a very strong will. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're familiar with dominate person usually being used by like one arcane caster to control like one or maybe two or three people. Mm-hmm. You have never heard of it being used to control an entire city. Oh my god. Um, at least by a person. There are rumors uh, of ancient magic that once existed, which was able to subjugate entire civilizations. And that was wielded by powerful creatures known as Aboleth. I've got bad news. Um, Somewhere off in the distance. Smashed cut to the council. And they just, they all get shivers. <sighs> uh, you will know, but you will know that even an aboleth is not capable of casting this many dominate persons in a finite amount of time. Oh, You're boy. You're probably dealing with something similar, but stronger. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Mm. Um. Mm. Don't Would like Damien that. be able to make a knowledge check about Aboleth, but stronger? Um, no, because basically what you've gotten is they're, they're, these, <laughs> oh, these things are exercising a control uh, that is similar to what Aboleths would do, right? Huh. Uh, it is said that long ago, Aboleths controlled uh, the entire civilization of Aslant uh-huh. from secret and like shaped humanity into what it is now mm-hmm. uh, as a slave race. Mm-hmm. And when the humans rebelled, the Aboleths called down a meteor to wipe them away from the surface of the world, which created what is known as the Age of Darkness, uh-huh. where uh, basically the world was blanketed in ash for uh, a few thousand years, I believe. Some- but Sometimes you ask another Aboleth to give the humans a higher constitution score, or a higher strength score. Yeah, can you make and them they- stronger, like I asked you to, Angel? What? I want you to make them meteor. You want me to make them a meteor? 
meteor. Meteor? What's really appropriate is I'm wearing the, uh, the a, a shirt with the <laughs> quote from The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. And there's a part <laughs> where there's the skeleton is trying to convince this woman to bring hi- bring it a meteor of atmospherium and there's a bunch of there's a couple of aliens that are doing the same thing and there are their names are crowbar and lattice right. and so she so at one point she just goes i must make a skeleton meteor by covering a crowbar and lettuce <laughs> Amazing. Very good. Um, um, but yeah, you. I, I'll tell you now, you can't make another check because this is essentially what you're getting with the first uh, right. Arcana check. All right, that's this fine. Is, this is, now, maybe if an Aboleth were to, maybe a group of Aboleth were to do something like this, they might be able to control it. Oh, but groups of Aboleth are something that you've rarely ever heard of in modern times. Uh, uh, just for a reference, an Aboleth is, uh, I, I will tell you what an Aboleth is because uh, you yeah. could get high enough to get that. Uh, as benefit as befits their hideous primeval appearance, uh, the aboleths are among the world's oldest forms of life. Uh, ancient, even when the gods first turned their eyes upon the material plane, the aboleths have always existed apart from other mortal life, alien and cold and endlessly plotting. They once ruled the world with vast empires, and today view most other forms of life as either food or slaves, and sometimes both. They disdain the gods and see themselves as the true masters of creation. An aboleth is 25 feet long and weighs 65,000 pounds. Uh, in the darkest reaches of the sea, aboleths still dwell in grotesque cities built in nauseating and cyclopean styles. Uh, they, there, they are served by countless slaves culled from every nation, air-breathing and aquatic alike. Although their air-breathing slaves are, dub- are doubly bound by magic and the need to consi- constantly replenish their water-breathing ability by the excretions of their aboleth masters. Lone aboleths are, are often advanced scouts for these hidden cities, seeking out new slaves. There wouldn't happen to be any hidden aboleth cities near your hidden merfolk city, would there? It is entirely possible. Hmm... The Wardstones were what kept the city safe, as was mentioned by the council. Stone isn't quite the right word. Oh? Yes, there were a number of items and artifacts. One was actually seen mostly by the oracles. It was a, a book by a great prophet from a far land. All of the royal line, uh, all of the royal lineage have been named from this book. From a great prophet, one that Oh god. Um I have I think I can predict can, Have you ever had a king named Othello? Or a royal person named Othello? I think that was or my great grandfather. Romeo, Juliet. Before for that Romeo. No. Oh. Juliet was my great, great, great grand aunt. Hamlet? Oh, it's my dad. <laughs> I believe so. It was my cousin on my third side, twice removed. Damien pulls out the book of Shakespeare that he's been learning English from. Ah, yes, that book. The royal, the royal book, the one that 
from a from a prophet from afar, a great man of will who shakes a spear. His will, his will's protected all of us. Have I, with all of the ceremony that this requires, I return to you the combined works of William Shakespeare. God damn it. I do not know of this William Shakespeare god damn it. <laughs> but I've I, been learning English from this book. It's a, it's a, a language from a faraway land. Doesn't it doesn't make any like, sense. It doesn't act like any... It's the like dumbest any, language ever. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, etymologically, it's a complete mess. But it's like I thought that some of the poems were good. Um, this was... There was a guy. Uh, a really terrible ruler, both terrible in the sense that he was bad at his job and terrible in the sense that he was a bad person, named Pilt Swastel, and he had this book. And I guess he must have got it from the people who forced Ophelia to take it. So here. He very gently takes the book and just kind of looks at it with reverence. Mm-hmm. The oracles will be. I gotta say, it's taking the water pages. really well. Yeah, miraculously waterproof pages. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the oracles will be quite pleased to have this back. Thank you. So as you hand off the, the book, everyone will stop what they're doing again. Uh, and you see one of, and you see the farmer uh, that you were previously talking to go. Well. Looks like you done found the wardstone. But I don't reckon you can put it back where it came from. I'm very happy. And you see, basically, as the guy's talking, it's almost like he's being puppeteered. I'm very happy now that the wardstone's gone. Can't have you putting it back. We're going to pull out our weapons. Yep. Uh, you see the townsfolk are circling around you with, like, scythes and pitchforks. Well, you gonna give it back? I'm afraid I can't. Grip tightens around the trident. I reckon these people's blood is on your hands, then. Sorry. I turn to the rest of the party. We should go. Yup! We'll we'll leave this uh, as they they surge forward, forward toward you. We'll pick up with that next time. A curse! A curse! Of the Crimson! Of the Crimson Throne! Well, gorsh, I sure hope those folks in the town can be placated all peaceable-like. Otherwise, I reckon there's going to be blood in the water.
To Have It To Roll is produced by David Clark and Katie Dukshurer. The Pathfinder role-playing game is published by Paizo and is used in accordance with their community use policy. This session featured music from Michael Gelfi Audio, including Siren's Lullaby, Voices in the Labyrinth, and The King's Cavalry. Our theme song for this book is The Ascension of Arthur. This session also featured sound effects from Sirenscape. To see how you can use those same sound effects in your sessions, check out Sirenscape. For the rule buffs of Pathfinder 1st Edition, we'll be putting out a stat block for the Undersea City next week. So stay tuned to our Tumblr, tavintoroll.tumblr.com, for that. Otherwise, for now, you can follow us on Twitter at tavintoroll. If that changes for any reason, we will let you know. I am on Twitter at Rain Zero. That's R-A-N-E and the number zero. Daft is at Daft Prodigy. You can find Mike on Twitter at Prince underscore O underscore Spades. He is also the host of Trapped in the Slumbering Gods over on the Death Saves with Advantage Twitch. Link in the description. If you want to see Mike just playing video games when he has time away from fathering, he has his own Twitch, the underscore Prince underscore of underscore Spades. As we get into a new season, we are considering opening the show up to Patreon. If that's something you'd be interested in supporting, please let us know. As previously stated on the show, I am still connected to the solar industry. If you want to help me save the world with the power of solar energy, feel free to shoot us an email. It's to roll at gmail.com. Subject line, reigns, day job. We will be back in two weeks with our continued undersea adventures. Until then, have a great week, and we will see you next time. On to heaven to roll. Voice. This voice is really destroying my throat. Yes. Gargling gravel. And it goes. Heretic! Heretic! Does he like crack? Do you service people like crackers? I don't know what surface people eat. Are they saltines? I don't know what these saltines are. I like unsalted saltines. We only have oyster crackers down <laughs> we have oyster crackers. We have uh, we have things on the half shell. Sounds like they didn't test that one. Get it? Okay. That's what a sea urchin shell's called. It's a test. <laughs> <laughs> Too hot. Hot damn. <laughs>